0: In the past year, two Boeing 737
1: MAX jets crashed in Ethiopia and Indonesia, killing 346 people.
2: Those two crashes have put the company that made the jet under intense scrutiny. Boeing is being investigated by regulators and lawmakers. Civil lawsuits have been filed. Even a criminal investigation is underway.
1: And now... Recent disclosures in these investigations give us a better picture into what employees at Boeing saw and experienced as the 737 MAX was being vetted for safety.
2: Today on the show, what these new disclosures reveal about what Boeing knew and when they knew it. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Ryan Knudsen.
1: And I'm Kate Leinbaugh. It's Tuesday, October 22nd.
2: Boeing has consistently stood by a assertion that safety is number one. Joanna Chung is our Chicago
1: bureau chief, and she runs coverage of the aviation industry.
2: And they did everything with safety in mind. But our reporting has shown that there are some questions about that. Those questions center on one fundamental design flaw
1: in the plane in an automated system believed to have led to the plane crashes. Investigators are trying to understand how the flaw got past regulators in the first place.
2: It's pretty clear from public reports by aviation authorities that Boeing did not adequately describe the system. They didn't update the safety assistance of the system, and they didn't seem to adequately understand the implications of the system. We've spoken over time to various current and former employees and pilots and airline officials and regulators and seen documents that show, you know, the company did repeatedly minimize the risk posed by this new flight control system.
1: Boeing was under pressure to get a new plane into the air quickly. And so instead of building a new airplane from scratch, which would involve a much more intense certification process, Boeing upgraded one of its old models, the 50-year-old 737.
2: And it was really important to kind of smooth the path towards approval, right? Right. The company wanted to convince regulators that pilots who could fly the earlier models of the plane can fly this new MAX without additional simulator training. That there wouldn't be a lot of differences between the models. Right. It would minimize training. It would minimize costs. So there wasn't very much detailed scrutiny or pushback from U.S. regulators. And now we are starting to see a little bit more about some of the possible internal thinking among some of Boeing's employees. And this is key to investigators. They want to
1: understand how employees at Boeing were talking about and handling the certification process with its regulator, the Federal Aviation Administration, or the FAA. And on Friday, in advance of hearings later this month, Boeing gave Congress private messages between two of its employees that do just that. These employees were raising concerns about the flight control system, known as MCAS, that regulators believe led to the two crashes. Who were these two employees and what specifically are their jobs?
2: The messages were between someone called Mark Forkner, who was then a chief technical pilot for the MAX. And his job was essentially to help win FAA approval for the jet's manuals and training. He was messaging with a colleague named Patrick Gustafson. These messages are from November 2016. And at the time of these messages, the FAA regulators were in the process of certifying the 737 MAX as safe to carry passengers. The two colleagues were basically discussing the modifications of this flight control system known as MCAS, and they seemed to be comparing notes and the problems they had encountered in the flight simulators.
1: And what is in their messages about this flight system that has caught everybody's attention?
2: Mr. Forkner describes some of the MAX's simulated behavior as, this is a quote, egregious, apparently referring to the changes in the system He said the feature was, quote-unquote, running rampant in the flight simulator and that, oh, that means we would have to update the description in these documents. He was in the simulator. He was describing some of the experience that he had and that it was unexpected. He also wrote, this is a quote, so I basically lied to the regulators, in parentheses, unknowingly, close quote. His colleague, Mr. Gustafsson, replied, it wasn't a lie, no one told us that was the case. As
1: chief technical pilot, Forkner had a lead role in making pilot manuals for the new airplane. And this egregious behavior of the plane that he appears to witness in the simulators would mean that he might have to update the description of the program in those manuals. But ultimately, there was no mention of the system in the plane's operation manual.
2: Mark Forkner. His lawyer made a statement after these instant messages were revealed. And what he said is, this is a quote, if you read the whole chat, it is obvious that there was no lie and that the simulator program was not operating properly. His lawyer is saying that his client was referring to the simulator itself and not the flight control system. And based on what he was told, Mark thought the plane was safe and this simulator would be fixed. But these messages are a big deal. The whole issue is whether inside Boeing there were concerns or warnings that the system may be dangerous or hazardous or fatal or do any, you know, a lot of things it didn't expect.
1: These messages suggest that a key person at Boeing had some sort of concern about the system. And those messages were exchanged months before the FAA cleared the 737 MAX for flight. So Boeing could have known about these issues before the planes made it into the sky. And for the FAA and Congress, these messages could have shed some light after the first deadly crash in Indonesia, because Boeing found these messages after that crash and then turned them over to the Justice Department in February, a month before the second crash.
2: But they did not turn over those messages to its own regulator, the FAA, and the congressional investigators until Friday. The company said they shared it with the FAA's parent agency on Thursday, the Department of Transportation, because it planned to turn the letter over to congressional investigators on a Friday. It has unleashed a storm of criticism against Boeing. You know, it's worth thinking about whether anything could have been done in between the two crashes uh, to maybe have prevented a second one. The chief of the FAA, Steve Dixon, wrote a letter on Friday demanding to know why they weren't aware of this until Friday. How did Boeing respond to these messages? Boeing had a two-part response over a few days. Um, On Friday, when the instant messages first emerged, Boeing said that, The chief executive, uh, Mr. Mullenberg called the FAA chief to respond to the concerns and reiterated its continued cooperation with the House panel. You know, it also said it didn't believe it was appropriate to share the document with the FAA sooner because of the ongoing criminal investigation. And then, interestingly, on Sunday, it also released a new statement, basically saying that they understand and regret the concern caused by the release Of those instant messages on Friday, but they said they couldn't release it in a manner that would have allowed for a meaningful explanation.
1: While the timing of the disclosure of these messages raised concerns with regulators in Congress, there's another problem at Boeing that these messages revealed. That's after the break.
2: This episode of The Journal is brought to you by KPMG. At KPMG, we make the difference. It's not just something we say, it's what we do. We work closely with clients to uncover insights that illuminate opportunity, develop bold solutions that innovate industries, and create better outcomes driven by data. Brighter insights, bolder solutions, better outcomes. It's how our people make the difference. KPMG make the difference.
1: Welcome back. The messages released Friday didn't just show that employees at Boeing had questions about the specific system that regulators identified as central to the crashes. The messages also hinted at a potential institutional problem at the company, pressure to move fast. Joe, what do you make of this part of the message exchange where Forkner says— referring to the test pilots and another presumably Boeing employee that, quote, they're all so damn busy and getting pressure from the program. And Patrick Gustafson replies, he says, that is true. I wouldn't want to be them.
2: The context is, overall, there is pressure when you're in a competitive situation trying to get a product out. It seems like there wasn't, you know, as much communication as they would like from the— program officials overseeing their aircraft development, that they lack sufficient time maybe to sort out the technical issues for the two employees. These two
1: Boeing employees weren't the only ones feeling that there was pressure from the company. Other employees were, too. That came through in an internal survey done by Boeing of its entire commercial aviation operation in 2016 during the time that the 737 MAX was approved by the FAA. One of the things the survey measured was how much pressure engineers and pilots were
2: feeling. One in three employees felt, this is a quote, potential undue pressure, quote, from managers regarding safety-related approvals by federal regulators. That's stunning. That is stunning. This survey wasn't specifically focused on the 737 MAX. However, it includes that, it covers employees across a range of, you know, commercial airliner programs, but it did come near the end of the MAX's federal approval process. And this survey, it's interesting also because it sheds a little bit of light into the decades-old program that basically, you know, outsources some of the regulatory work to Boeing employees,
1: What do you mean, outsources regulatory work to Boeing employees?
2: So sometimes Boeing engineers, for instance, would play dual roles designing certain systems on behalf of Boeing and then helping to certify the same systems as safe on behalf of the FAA. So in some cases, you know, Boeing engineers or managers may have decision-making power on behalf of the FAA pertaining to the same systems and parts that they design and build for the company. So such conflicts could become problematic in those situations because of this dual role. Especially if you're feeling under pressure. Right. What has Boeing said about this survey? Boeing declined to comment on the survey, but a board member has said an internal review found no signs that undue pressure had compromised safety. But this particular survey, I think, is interesting because... It does highlight some of the conflicts that could potentially arise from this kind of regulatory structure where you enlist a company employee to act on behalf of both the company and the regulator that oversees its products. And these issues are a big question at the heart of the congressional inquiry and also around the way the plane was approved.
1: Next week, before those congressional lawmakers, the CEO of Boeing, Dennis Muhlenberg, is scheduled to testify. It's his first time appearing before Congress since the crashes. In past media interviews, Muhlenberg has apologized, like in a May appearance on CBS.
2: We're up. We're taking responsibility. We know we have improvements we can make. We will make those improvements. And uh, we're committed to safety for the long run.
1: But with these new disclosures, the survey, and the messages— Lawmakers will be looking for more
2: than an apology. Peter DeFazio, the Democratic chairman of the committee, said the messages, quote, you know, show deliberate concealment, quote, of a problematic system. And the fact that they're emerging now is really embarrassing for a company that is facing so much pressure. And also, you know, this is the kind of thing, you know, while it is unclear, you know, what, if any, role it could play in any of the multiple investigations going on. I mean, it's certainly going to be of interest to prosecutors trying to build um, any kind of case about whether, you know, Boeing misled regulators and customers. It has certainly provided ammunition for critics and skeptics on the Hill um, and on Wall Street and elsewhere. The growing scrutiny from Washington has
1: hit Boeing hard. The news of these messages on Friday wiped $14 billion off of Boeing's market value. And Boeing has estimated that this crisis will cost the company more than $8 billion.
2: You know, it puts tremendous pressure on the company and the company's board and its chief executive. His appearance on Congress next week could be a big test. Peter DeFazio, the Democratic chairman of the committee has signaled that he intends to grill him hard about you know whether the company misled regulators about MCAS that flight control system, whether they withheld relevant documents from investigators. He's pointed to what he sees as improper coziness between the regulator and the regulated. For a long time, there was a lot of focus on the regulator and the responsibility of regulators, But DeFazio is definitely turning a lot of his attention to to the Boeing side. He has made comments also about the, the board oversight and whether the board is doing enough. And, you know, he's also made comments about the internal culture, the internal safety culture and questions about that.
1: weeks ago, the Boeing board stripped CEO Mullenberg of his chairman title, putting in a new executive to oversee the company. The move is part of a series of actions the company is taking to improve oversight. And today, after a two-day board meeting in San Antonio, Boeing said the head of its commercial airplanes will leave the company. That's all for today, Tuesday, October 22nd.
2: The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and the Wall Street Journal.
1: Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.